Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Uh, joining me here today is one of my favorite companies, uh, Lazarus 3D, and had the opportunity to, to meet one of their founders at the, the MedTech conference in Boston last fall in 2022. And, uh, you know, without further ado, we're going to we're going to bring her on and, and kick things off. Would love if you could start off with your background and then we'll dive into Lazarus 3D. Thanks, Jared, for having me um, at the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm Dr. Smriti Zanoveld. I am the president and founder of Lazarus 3D. Um, and as you know, our company's mission is to help improve patient safety and outcomes by helping doctors operate with confidence. Love that tagline. Absolutely love that tagline. And you know, you recently that one of the cool parts. So, so give us give us more of an overview of of what you're doing at Lazarus. Love love the tagline. Um, and then I want to I want to go into something pretty cool that happened to you uh, towards the end of last year, and then we'll dive more into some some questions. Yeah. So, um, what Lazarus 3D uh, aims to achieve um, is this mission where patients deserve the best, and so we're just empowering. Um, that goal, uh, which is to provide them the best care um, through technology as a tool. Um, the early days of Lazarus 3D, we identified a problem in surgical care specifically, which is that there's a lot of uh, complications tied to high-risk procedures. And that seems logical, but then when we dug deeper into it, it turns out that the cost of these complications not only are impacting patients, but also are impacting the healthcare budget. Uh, globally, it's, uh, I'm sorry, in the US alone, it's about $200 billion annually spent in mitigating costs of surgical errors specifically, right? And so then we dug deeper into how or why this was happening. And fundamentally, um, I think the answer lied in the fact that there is a learning curve tied to every thing, right? And that's true of life in general, but in surgery, that's especially important uh, for a surgeon that has operated on hundreds of cases or thousands of cases, they are more experienced and they're going to do a better job. That's just uh, sort of an inherent phenomena, right? As I mentioned. So what happens to those surgeons who are starting out and are doing their first set of cases or their first case ever? And what happens to the surgeons that have done cases, hundreds of cases in their careers, but then encounter the one that is atypical. And that's actually not so unheard of. That happens a lot of times when you talk to surgeons, they'll tell you that they deal with a lot of complex cases that are abnormal anatomies or atypical uh, conditions that they haven't seen before. So for those um, two categories of, um, I guess, um, uh, surgeons that are operating and doing the best for their patients, we created a tool that empowers them. And the technology really is uh, built on this premise of personalized medicine, where we take MRIs and CTs of patients uh, with their condition and recreate them in soft tissue physical replicas. So um, the question that I think we should ask ourselves is, would you rather be confident with pre-sure uh, which is the technology that enables preoperative surgical rehearsals, or would you rather be pretty sure? Well, I, I think what's what's really interesting about what you're doing, right, is you look back, if a surgeon's going to do a, a complex surgery on you, first of all, you want to make sure they're, that they studied 
and actually became a surgeon, right? And went through fellowship. Um, and then the next step is really what you're doing for especially these complex cases. You want to make sure they practice, right? You don't just as like professional athletes don't just go out and play the big game, right? They have to practice continuously to, to become experts. Um, so I, I really love what you built here. Can you can you talk us through? So I love your tagline, like I said, operating, you know, helping surgeons operate with with confidence. How do you get it to look so realistic? Because we'll talk more about this in a second. You recently had a, a famous YouTuber cover you, which we'll put that link in the uh, in the notes so the audience can check it out. But how do you make it look so realistic? Like even when you're cutting into it, like what does that process look like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you know, there are, you know, a wide range of tissue types in the human body, everything from, you know, bone and, and skull, spine, uh, which is all relatively hard to all of our internal organs going, you know, from heart, which is cardiac muscle tissue to brain, which is so soft and mushy. Um, it is not trivial to, to think that we're able to you know, create synthetic replicas of all these tissue types. So it's, it's, it was a lot of work, right? So we started with um, biomechanic proper, looking at the biomechanical properties, um, studying the biomechanics of soft tissues of our uh, interest at the time, which was a lot of the tissues in the urology uh, space. So kidney, prostate, bladder, uh, genitals, etc. And then even within those tissues, you have fat, fiber, uh, muscle, fascia, um, then healthy tissue versus patho uh, pathology, it's all different. Uh, tumor versus cyst is different. So characterizing those properties and the biologic counterparts and then creating uh, synthet synthetic equivalents or um, synthetic lifelike materials that respond to uh, different surgical interventions, whether it's uh, open procedure or robotic procedure, whether it's a scalpel blade cutting against the uh, the tissue, the cut, the tug and pull of that, what that feels like, the resistance or the lack of resistance to those different materials, uh, those different tissues, um, replicating all those aspects. Um, and then also color. And um, so all these things play a factor into, uh, into what we built today, but most importantly, to make it be patient specific. So anatomically is correct as well. Uh, integrating all of this was uh, a lot of R&D on the material science side, on the uh, trial and error side, um, testing both qualitative uh, aspects of it as well as quantitative uh, measurements uh, for those key properties that we're interested in, um, in replicating. So yeah, it was a lot of work, uh, but we were able to get to the point where um, urologists, which were our first users, uh, were not able to distinguish, uh, you know, operating on a Lazarus 3D pre-sure model of their patient, uh, the replica of their patient, and then doing it in real life. Then the other thing is that they cut and bleed like real tissue too. So that definitely brings value in procedures where, you know, bleeding may be important, uh, where you don't want to accidentally nick an artery or uh, cut a vessel and then cause a uh, complication that is definitely not intended, but can happen sometimes. And where are you seeing to, so you mentioned urologist, 
where are you seeing the biggest use case today? I know you have a wide, uh, you really do have a wide range of, of use cases here, but today, like who, who are you seeing use, um, you know, the, like what, what you're building, like who are you seeing use it the most? Yeah. So I will say that since our FDA clearance uh, for use of PreSure is currently limited to all genital urinary conditions, it's actually the GU uh, surgeons that are using it. Um, and they have definitely valued it. Uh, they have uh, brought value to their patients, to their hospitals, and, and improving not only uh, efficiencies, outcomes, but also reducing costs. Um, and so they are the primary uh, users at this time. Outside of them, uh, there is also value of this platform uh, for driving technology forward more broadly. Um, so a lot of um, innovators in the minimally invasive space or innovators, um, technologists um, at large medical device companies will use it as well. Um, residents and fellows will use it. And so that's not regulated. Um, they can use it for anything. So we have seen uh, value where it is uh, very difficult to master techniques in surgical care that a resident has very limited access to ever getting their hands on the patient. And so this gives them a surrogate, like it's an opportunity for them to be able to operate without risking anybody's life. Um, and so it's a nice de-risked opportunity for them to not only familiarize themselves with the tools or the nuances of the procedure, but actually um, devise a plan. Or if they have observed another surgery, they're now able to exercise that knowledge on these models. And I think that's immense value that we just learned um, from you know, the requests we were getting that that's just uh, you know, an added market for us. Let's let's shift focus. Uh, thank you for for letting us know that too. By the way, let's shift focus to something really cool that happened at the end of last year. You were featured by this famous YouTuber Tom Scott. Can you tell people? Just give us like. Obviously, we want them to go check it out, but just give them a quick <laughs> snapshot of of what of what Tom did. Um, and, you know, w with uh, with Lazarus 3D. Yeah, absolutely. So Tom Scott has a very strong following on YouTube. He is. Um, a YouTube star. And so uh, one of the students that uh, we uh, had engaged with here in Oregon had uh, sort of sent him a cold email. And so then he responded to that email and connected with us um, and was very excited to work with Lazarus 3D to showcase and feature you know, what, uh, what this platform is. Um, so when he uh, reached out, uh, you know, Initially, we asked him, okay, well, does he want it to be a replica of him? But of course, Tom Scott is a healthy individual. He doesn't have a condition that we were aware of at the time. And so uh, we proceeded with uh, him getting an MRI of himself. Um, he did that on his own and um, he shared the information with us. We were able to render the digital twin of his anatomy. At the time we were looking at his uh, abdomen, we were looking at the internal structures. So we took all of the internal structures, actually, um, the, um, the spleen, the pancreas, the gallbladder, the liver, the kidneys, um, and then the surrounding tissue, as well as the abdomen on the outside, and we created it. So one thing that was missing was a disease. 
So we actually artificially created a cyst for him in one of his kidneys. And then we brought that to a urologist in his OR. And Tom Scott sat next to the urologist as he operated on the robot um, to perform a minimally invasive uh, procedure to treat his um, sort of uh, artificial cyst. And um, they were able to go dissect the, everything from start to end, right? Like, so port insertion, uh, placement of the tools, and then identifying the angle and the positioning of the instruments, and then actually doing the procedure and retrieving that cyst out of the abdomen. Uh, it was a really rewarding experience for us because Tom is not a medical um, professional. And so to, to see that perspective, and of course we've heard from patients before, like what value this brings to them in terms of informed decision-making and et cetera. But in this case, Tom was in the OR and it was the first time that he'd done anything like this. So I think everyone was very excited um, and learned a lot from that experience. Yeah, I, I told a relative about that video and then went over to their house for dinner and it was on the TV when I got there one time, which was really funny. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, definitely everyone will put it in the comments so people can check it out. But I advise everyone to check it out. Really engaging content too. Obviously, the fact that you know someone like Tom Scott was putting it together that creates these entertaining videos on a variety of different topics. Uh, I think just just it was already going to be good. It, it made it even better. Um, so yeah, everyone should check that out. What's, what's next for you and for Lazarus 3D that you're really excited about that you can share with us here today? Yeah, there is a lot that's going on right now, right? So as with medical device companies and medical device products in general, um, there is a, uh, a significant, uh, pipeline in terms of onboarding with, um, institutes. So some of the partners that we already have are large centers of excellence at academic institutes, as well as uh, private clinics. Uh, we're now onboarding with health systems. So these are conglomerates of hospitals that are you know, dispersed throughout a region or even many regions um, so that we can more broadly uh, you know, bring this technology to surgeons um, for, for all of their patients um, on a national scale. We're also looking at global expansion opportunities. I can't talk too much about that right now, but that's in the works. Um, and uh, really um, expanding outside or beyond uh, genital urinary as well. So you can imagine, you know, there are lots of high-risk procedures uh, done uh, congenitally, even for children and adults um, that are high-risk. And uh, bringing this uh, uh, opportunity uh, where a surgeon is able to rehearse those difficult cases um, in efforts to perfect their plan uh, can be game-changing. So that's what's next. Well, I'm so excited for you and the team and to continuously you know, stay in touch with you and hear, hear more about how things are going and, and then run into you at some, some conferences coming up this year as well. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you once again for joining me here today and can't wait to have you on again real soon. Thanks, Jared. Really appreciated it.